Welcome, everybody, and I want to say a special welcome to our Hayward campus. Hayward, we love you guys, and I want to let you know this weekend we have something very special planned for you for our message. We're continuing in tough questions, only for Mother's Day, we're going to do tough questions for moms. Now, the cool thing is I'm not going to give the message. We have four great moms with us today, and they're going to share with us. And so on a little side note, let me tell you, guys, listen well. Don't check out. Don't think this message is not for me. We all have moms or wives or sisters or daughters in our lives, and you can really learn a lot today if you'll listen well. Secondly, I want to say that these ladies, they are awesome but uh, it's not their favorite thing in the world to do to get up in front of people and give a speech, but they're willing to stretch themselves and step out of their comfort zone because they love God, they love this church, and they love you. So let's give a warm round of applause for our four moms coming today. And guys, why don't you just, why don't you just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your families. Uh-huh. Well, my name is Karen McGovern, and I'm married to our senior pastor here. I hear that guy's awesome. And uh, (laughs) we have what you might call a traditional family. We have two children. Um, One is about to go to college, and one's in college. And we, and a dog, we have a dog. And I've been homeschooling my kids for 15 years. So that's part of our lifestyle. And Paul and I went into parenting, I would say a little clueless and uh, really having high expectations and lofty goals of a peaceful, happy, joyful home. And uh, what ensued after that can best be described with the phrase shock and awe. (laughs) I totally agree. So my name is Dori Schmidt. I am the children's director here at Crossroads. I actually have three grown children. My oldest is 37, my middle child's 35, and then my daughter's 30, who is the only one who gave us three grandchildren and has in the past oh, year and a half moved home with her children. So we have a busy household. We also have um, our godson who's 22 also lives with us. So yep, full house. Oh, we have a dog too. Yeah. Can yep. I come? So full house. Can I come live with you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Dory, how long have you been married? 31 years. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Thank Newlyweds. You. <laughs> First, I'd like to say thank you to all those that are serving in the Hayward campus this Mother's Day weekend, because without their service, I would not be able to be here today. So happy Mother's Day to all you lovely women who are serving and gentlemen at the um, Hayward campus. So my name is Tina. I have been married 38 years, so I beat you there, um, to my wonderful (laughs) husband, Calvin. I have two grown daughters who married um, wonderful godly men who are now pastors. I have five grandchildren, so I'm a grandma. Mm -hmm. And um, I was around when the younger ones, when we lived in South Carolina, and now I'm here and able to nanny my four-year-old grandson. Nice. Hi, I'm Judy Allen. I'm the office manager here at Crossroads. I was married for 30 years, but been divorced for the past four. I'm the mother of two adult daughters who are 25 and 26. Both graduated from college recently and promptly moved back home. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies, thank you so much for your willingness to share with us. And let's dive right in. First tough question, how do you balance all the demands? Living in the Bay Area, most moms have to both work and raise kids and lots of pressure. So how do you balance life and work and marriage and kids? And how do you make it all work? And, And like, who comes first? I can answer that. 
So let me start from the beginning. I actually was a single mom. Um, I had, the two boys are mine. And I'll tell you, when you're raising um, kids on your own, there is no such thing as balance. There's no such word in your vocabulary. Um, so kudos to those of you who are single moms out there. I know it's tough. I know it's tough, but hang in there. Um, but then after being married, so the way that we balance it is now I have a husband, I have grown children, I have grandchildren, I have a godson and the dog. And so we're just trying to balance everything. So the best way I know how to balance is to reprioritize all day long. It just depends on who screams the loudest when. <laughs> and I'm sure as a single mom, survival mode was more about balance. Than... Most definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know for me, when I was a new, young as being a mom, I read the story of Smith Wigglesworth and how his mother would take an apron and put it up over her head when she needed some time with God. It was a one-room house and lots of children in the house, and so that was the way that she could have quiet time with God. And the children knew, do not bother mom when she is, has apron over her head. And so for me, I knew that I had to make it a deliberate decision in order to have balance, God had to be priority in my life. And when the children were little, if they were napping, it would just be easy or seem easy to take a nap or catch up on chores, but that was my time to spend time with God. And so in that, if I didn't spend time with God, it seemed like things were not in order or out of balance or I felt like other things took priority. But if I balanced my life and had God as priority, those things seemed to not matter as much or find a way to get fixed on their own. An example would be reading a story with the children or playing a game with them would seem more important than washing the fingerprints off the window if I had kept God as priority. Okay, trying to find balance, especially all the pressure that our moms feel today, especially living here in the Bay Area with most moms having to work and to do all that. I don't know if anybody ever gets it right. And so there comes some emotions that, that tag along with that. In fact, the top emotions listed that moms struggle with are guilt and anger. So I wanted to ask you, how do you deal with the mama guilt and then the anger that sometimes is connected to that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, first of all, all of us fail as parents in some way. We fail our kids. We can't be wise enough. We can't be patient enough when they're little. We can't be cool enough when they're older. We can't have all the right words and, and the right emotions, and we will just fail in some way. But when I think of the phrase mommy guilt, I think of excessive or unwarranted guilt. It's just, you know, guilt, that kind of guilt paralyzes us. It prevents us from moving forward, trying to do better. Sometimes we just want to give up. And that's guilt. And what's helped me is to remember that guilt comes from Satan, because all those effects are negative. But conviction that comes from God shows us that we've done something wrong, and then it redirects us. It puts us on the right track, and it gives us hope that God will help us to do better from now on. So conviction is a good thing and a helpful thing. Guilt is a, a negative and a bad thing. And guilt can often turn into frustration and anger. And I'll tell you, anger just kills relationship. It kills love. And here's what happens. I mean, we have to rein our anger in, because what happens is we're trying to correct our child, and our anger comes in, and we start yelling or raising our voice or making them feel bad. And all of a sudden, they don't see their behavior or what they've done wrong. All they see now is our anger. 
and that becomes the issue, and you've lost the teachable moment. They haven't learned anything. Now they just feel more afraid, perhaps, or disconnected from mom or dad. So that's um, really key. What helped me when I was struggling with that is just a phrase I found in a book uh, called pleasant words provide instruction. And so the idea is try to instruct and correct with pleasant words, not with anger. And so when I'd get frustrated and I was about to pull my hair out, I'd remember pleasant words provide instruction, pleasant <laughs> words provide instruction, and just try to speak in a calm voice. Didn't always do it for sure, but it right. helped me as much as I could to, um, to try to speak in a way that was calm and connecting, not dividing. For me, I didn't do very well with this when my children were young. I um, found that I had a lot of stored up anger and um, rage connected to my own childhood. Mm -hmm. So it would often come out in moments of stress and frustration or feeling overwhelmed in inappropriate ways. Um, it was not uncommon for me to punch a wall if I was feeling overwhelmed. So it was scary for you my kids. You should see her in the workplace sometimes, <laughs> right? <laughs> This was scary for my kids, and it was, it was awful feeling out of control like that. Uh, a lot of prayer, uh, journaling, and self-introspection helped me work through these issues, um, and then also you know, asking my children to forgive me uh, for being out of control. Um, since being divorced four years ago, I still find that anger is an issue connected to feeling angry with my ex-husband if I feel overwhelmed by life or that I'm failing my adult daughters. Again, lots of prayer. And then I have some amazing women in my life who have walked through this with me, who I can be completely honest with about the ugly in my heart. Did you hear that crossroads? Judy has some amazing women in her life. I want to connect that because you hear us all the time at crossroads uh, saying, get in a group get in a group. There are some amazing people that will come alongside of you and will help you be a better parent, a better spouse, a better person, but you have to take the step of getting in a group. Okay, next question. Um, there's kind of this idea going around like, if I do everything right as a parent, that means my kids will turn out right. So I want to ask, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think that's baloney. <laughs> it's not a guarantee. There are no guarantees in raising kids, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a risky thing, raising kids. It's kind of like Russian roulette. You don't know what you're going to get, for sure. And you can do your very best, and you should. Our kids deserve our best. But I've seen great families have a lot of challenges with their kids, and I've seen less diligent families have kids that just find their own way and, and make it okay. Um, it's just a difficult thing, and we do the best that we can. There are, it's tough to be a kid these days, right? If they're growing up in a tough era. Uh, many of them have emotional and mental illness type of challenges, and uh, we just need to give grace to the parents who are experiencing that because it affects the whole family. And I know all too well how heartbreaking and unpreventable that can be at times. Um, the phrase, you raise them right, kind of hits me the wrong way sometimes because it can kind of dump guilt on parents who find that their challenges ha their kids have <laughs> their kids have turned away from what they have taught or the example they've tried to set and it doesn't mean that the kid the parents haven't trained them right just because the kids have have gone in the wrong direction um, I feel like nobody really gets a free pass. Few families get a free pass in this. A lot of families are struggling, and they need our support, not our judgment. 
From my perspective, there is no right. There's only what you think you know and your desire to parent well. Um, and don't get caught up in that myth of do everything right because it will just set you up for failure and frustration as you're trying to navigate difficult situations with your children. God is faithful and he will provide the way. Yeah. All right. Well, ladies, I want to tell you that so many of us who know you, we hold you in such high regard, and you're really at the top of your, we, we have a, a pastor, an office manager, a pastor's wife, a children's ministry director, so it'd be easy to put you on a pedestal and think, well, I could never be as together as you are, or even in parenting, as good a parent as you are. So kind of thought we could have a moment like of honest confession, and I just wanted to ask, is there a mistake? Like, why don't you share with us maybe a mistake you made or something you do differently if you can go back and do it again? Mm. Well, I can tell you, Paul, I've made quite a few mistakes. Uh, one of the ones that sticks out really prevalent for me is that, you know, I started out as a single mom and I had my two boys, and so I poured everything into them, right? So when I got married, I didn't actually learn the rules that were supposed to be God first, your husband, and then your children and everything after that. So after John and I got married, I was still putting my boys ahead of him. They were my first priority. And so it caused a lot of stress, a lot of strain in our marriage, and um, we almost gave up. But thank you to God for just giving us grace mercy, showing us the right way to go, marriage counseling, talking to pastors, and being able to get things in the right order. So then now we put God first, then our marriage, and then our children. And what that has done for my children is put the perspective for them, what's the right way to do it. And so when they see John and I going out on a date or we're making time to spend together, it means a lot to them because when they're ready to be married then hopefully we've taught them the right way to be able to do that so it's a grave mistake but um, god is gracious yeah. i i would say also um i've mentioned that sometimes my words my harsh words hurt my kids and i know that's the case i think sometimes i've bailed them out tried to bail them out and make life easier for them let them drop this class solve that problem talk talk, talk to that teacher and try to make things easier for them, but I really figured out that making life problem-free for them is not only impossible, but it's not even helpful for them. They need some challenges in life. Um, God just built that into life where they have to struggle. They have to fend for themselves in some ways. They have to learn to rely on God and not mom and dad, and I don't want to take that away from them. And uh, sometimes I think I stressed everybody out by trying so hard to be to make things perfect and stress-free, ironically. And I think that if I could do it over again, I would just try to strive less and relax more. The mistake that I would go back and correct if I could is that I, in an attempt to protect my children from my own childhood and the trauma and the difficulties there, I was overprotective as a parent, which in turn just created confusion and frustration for them. And I find that now I'm having to go back and undo a lot of that and correct it. For me, when the children were maybe preteen age, I had gone on a skiing trip and was in an accident. And I felt like it was better to just wait till I was home and in their presence to tell them or let them see that I had been injured rather than that kind of conversation over the telephone. 
But in that, it just opened up the doors for them to doubt. So anytime I needed to, um, by phone, give them information of a tragedy in the family or medical information, and even with so many miles between us with my daughter living in China, as an adult child, when I would call and give any kind of information, they would still want to know, like, is that the whole story, the rest of the story. So I allowed them to not trust me and not to, um, to doubt me in if I was giving them all the information. And I know age appropriateness and timing has to play into that. Um, but if I could do it over again, I would trust them that they would have been able to have handled um, whatever I needed to, to share with them, tell them the whole story. All right, guys. I I just wanted to sincerely tell you that I hold the four of you in such high regard. I have such high respect for all four of you. And one of the things that I admire most about you is you really love Jesus. And you have a strong faith. And I want to just ask you to share, would you share the, the role that faith has played in your parenting? And maybe share with us one verse that has meant a lot to you as a parent. Uh, for me, when I found out I was pregnant the first time, I fervently prayed that God would give me a boy. I was not very connected to my mother. I didn't feel like I would be a good parent to a daughter. So God promptly answered that prayer by giving me two girls. <laughs> but I'm so glad that he did. Um, I'm, I'm pleased that he gave me what I needed instead of what I wanted. I've been so blessed to be their parent. Um, one of my favorite verses is Jesus wept, because you will weep a lot as a mother. That's right. But that's not my verse. <laughs> the verse that I have kind of walked through life with is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways rely on him, and he will guide your path. I have probably uttered that scripture to myself thousands and thousands of times in the last 20 years, but it has been a guidepost for me in times of frustration and not an uncertainty um, has been a blessing to me. I think for me as a military wife and a mom and now living in the Silicon Valley and so many people travel with their jobs that during that time when Calvin would be gone so much, um, maybe even feeling lonely or feeling like a single mom um, or even feeling um, uncertainty with not knowing even where he was or what he was doing in his role in the military. Uh, scripture that, you know, was such comfort to me was Psalms 91.4, and it speaks about where God will take his feathers and he will cover you, and under his wing you will find refuge. And I just always felt like um, that was a scripture that gave me comfort. I felt like I had somewhere I knew I could run and that he would, um, in my weakness, make me strong or help me. Well, I know for me, mine is just making sure that I stay connected to God and that he's my strength when I am weak. You know, I, I actually don't know any of my favorite scriptures right now just to put in point for what's helped me as a mother. But one of the things I do remember is I'd call my mother-in-law quite a bit. And what she'd always tell me is, um, count it all for joy. Whether I'm going through a good time or a bad time or her son's not listening to me, uh, just count it all for joy. So I know there must be some yeah, that, kind of scripture, that actually right? comes from James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 that says, 
Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, mm. knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may become perfect and complete and lacking in no good thing. Nice. Thank so that's you. Just, and there's another verse that Damn meant me. a lot to yeah. you. I know you obeyed the sixth commandment. Thou shall not kill. Yes. So, oh, so I know I have yeah. that tattooed somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Karen. Oh, well, I can't imagine having raised my kids without Christ in my life, without his guidance, without the hope that I found in scripture. Um, I couldn't have imagined trying to do it without him. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been my comfort in the difficult times. It's been my joy in the good times. And God has, uh, has really helped me recently understand how important it is that I trust him to be with my kids when I can't be with them. Now that they're a little bit older, my son's driving, and he's off on the road a lot, and uh, so we pray a lot, and he's about to go off to college, and we'll be empty nesters. And my daughter's been at college, and she's leaving Tuesday to go alone to Africa. And so when I can't be with them, and life can be risky, I, I have to trust God. He reminds me, trust me, I will be with them when you can't, and I will give you the grace to handle whatever life throws at you. Tina alluded to this verse uh, in 1 Corinthians 12.9 has been really my parenting verse, uh, talking about our shortcomings and how God makes up for those. The Apostle Paul asked God to take away his problem, his thorn in the flesh, and God answered him, no. <laughs> he said, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in your weakness. When you're weak, I'm strong, and so that's really helped me to be confident that God would be strong and fill in the gaps for my shortcomings. All right, ladies, I know that the main reason that you agreed to come up and be a part of this panel is you have a heart to help other moms, help other women. So if we can just wrap this up, would you be willing to share, like if there's one thing you can leave our moms with, what would you like to tell them? I think when um, we were raising our kids, we always said, raise them when they're home so that when they leave, they want to return. And I like to add to that and bring lots of grandkids with them. <laughs> so, um, but we, we did have one motto that we really tried to stick to, and I'll tell you it was not a popular motto, and that was that we were not their friends, we were their parents. And now that they're adult children, we are very good friends with our daughters and our son-in-laws. But I would just encourage you that there will be time for sports and um, academics, but for you to teach them to be righteous and full of integrity and godly children, and the other things will happen, but to teach them to trust God and to take risks with him. Right. Great. I would say the best way we can influence our kids is to pray for them. Um, to just, you know, beg God and, and be on our knees fighting for our kids when things are challenging, when we don't know what to do, when there's nothing we could do that would help or fix the situation. And I think that God shows us over and over how faithful he is when we pray fervently. I don't mean like a throw it up, oh, God, you know, please, maybe you can help a little bit, you know, throwing up a, a wishful prayer, but really believing without doubting and fervently praying with everything you have that God would work in your children's lives. And I remember times where I was at the end of my rope and I would just pray as if I was moving a big truck, you know, and I was praying so hard and I would see my kids walk in the room, my kid walk in the room and 
have a completely different attitude. And I knew it was God working in their life. And there were times, a lot more times, maybe, when I had to pray for months or even years for God to do something in their life that I thought needed to happen. And it's a beautiful thing when you see God answering those prayers and you know it really was beyond you anyway. I would also say it's worth it. You know, parenting is exhausting. It can be heartbreaking, but um, the joy that it brings, like, you know, now that I'm getting to the end to see that my kids are just kids that I admire. They're young adults that I admire so much, and I love being with them. And next to uh, their dad, there's no one I'd rather hang out with than them. So it's just, it's a joy when you've kind of paid the dues and you <laughs> reap the blessing. Oh, that reminds me. One of the ways we prayed for our kids growing up is we would always pray uh, that every time they did something wrong, that they would get caught. And God faithfully answered that prayer. Let me tell you, that's a good prayer to pray for your kids. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, one of the things that I can rely on is just relying on God to speak less, to listen more. You know, one of the things that my husband taught me is um, my children don't want my opinion unless they ask for it. <laughs> so just to be quiet sometimes and just being their sounding board um, will help the situation. Don't give up your faith ever. Don't ever give up. Don't give up. Don't give in. Um, just put your faith in God. One thing I would say is don't walk through motherhood alone. Get around other mothers who are the same place in their journey as you are and learn from them and pray with them and for them. I know for me, I um, actually do a mommy's group with uh, my grandson, with ladies that I've just actually met at the park or even the library, and I'm the mommy of the group. Um, and so just that mentoring with other ladies, like you said, that are in this, I'm not in their same boat, I'm the grandma of the group, but I have a child that is their age. So being able to help and instruct and teach them is it, you know, where they're yeah, at that's what I was gonna, That was how I was going to finish my thought, is that you need to get around women who are further along in their journey um, so you can learn from their wisdom and their mistakes. Um, and God is faithful, and most, of, more, most importantly, enjoy your children. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. What a great job. Thank you for your willingness to share with us. What I'd like to do, one of the things that Karen said, that one of the best gifts we give our children and our families is to pray for them. And so I'd like us to have a prayer of blessing right now. So if I could just lead you in a time of prayer, would you pray with me? Just bow your heads and on this Mother's Day, would you pray that God would bless your mom? Even if you've had a rough relationship or even like me, my mom has passed away and I miss her today, but I, I'm thanking God for those good memories. Would you say, God, would you just bless my mom and encourage her and affirm her for all the good things that she brought to my life? And then for all our moms and dads who are parents, would you pray for your family right now? Would you ask God to give you wisdom and endurance and help you to bless your children and to raise them to know and love him. That God would bring his peace and joy to your home. And then one of the things that many of our ladies shared over and over again is that none of them were perfect, that they all made mistakes, but they found, uh, they found God's grace in their lives and in their parenting. And I know as you sit here today, maybe you feel like you've made some mistakes, you've messed up, 
Would you just open up your heart right now to say, God, I just want to receive your grace for me. I just want to believe that you love me so much that you gave your son Jesus to die for me so that I can be forgiven and that I can find hope and strength in a relationship with you. And now, Lord, for every precious person here today, I pray on this Mother's Day weekend that you'd bless our hearts, bless our homes, and use us to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, ladies, thank you again. God bless you. I'm going to turn it over now to our Hayward campus. We love you, Hayward. Happy Mother's Day.